With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV, great to be with you as always. And a fine Balls Wednesday to you and yours. I think the news is going to be good today. I feel uh, we've got some good updates for you, some things to get excited about, reasons to uh, have faith that this overall class is going to work out the way that we wanted it to. I'll get to it in a moment. I'm Jeff. There is Director Matthew. There is Tom Wang on Twitter. It is at Jay Cameron Show. I uh, hope all of you made out all right after the storm yesterday. Brief as it was, but uh, violent as it was. Uh, all, is, all is well at the Cameron household. I hope the same for you. Hopefully, if you uh, had to deal with power outages and the like, that it wasn't uh, too long-lasting. But because of it, we had a shortened version, uh, not too much shortened, but a little bit uh, shortened uh, of, of headlines yesterday. So our apologies for that. I think we were able to piece it together. And then um, and then here we go. We go and get into the news of the day, and I'm excited about it. By the way, um, one of the guys that we didn't get a chance to talk about, Tumiwa Durajai. Uh, the Durajai? You gave it a weird look. You gave it a weird look, Tom Wayne. I think I had it right the first time. Who gave it a weird look? What are you talking about? I'm just the man behind the curtain. Nobody look over here. Yeah, I thought you gave it a weird look. Uh, Timawa Dirajai. <laughs> Dirajai. Yeah, that's it. How would you say it? Um, I would answer right now. He's from Latvia, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. It feels very much like the NBA draft game. Uh Tomiwa Durajaye, I believe. Durajaye is, is the problem. Durajaye. Okay, Tomiwa yeah. Durajaye. Uh, Durajaye, and I even heard him say it himself. 
and I still screwed it up because it was, you know, from the time I left the house to the time I got here. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how it works. Anyhow, I like the pickup is the point. It's the West Virginia defensive end I've been talking about. He's athletic as all hell, and we get him uh, for more than a year. I think this is going to be a nice piece. Somebody in the chat right off the bat asking questions about what's happening uh, at that position and whether or not I think he's a good piece. Uh, does he meet my approval as a plug-and-play replacement for Verse? Uh, will he be a game record for us in 2024? That's from R. Gilmore. I don't think he's that. Uh, not yet. He could be. Who knows? We'll see what he becomes as a player. But I do think he is a useful piece for you right off the bat. Uh, Durjaye is a, is a kid that is really athletic. And he's. Uh, uh, I, I think he's got a chance. Now, listen. When you one of the things that stands out when you watch his tape, uh, or you just watch the the highlight reels, one of the things is that he's undersized a little bit. But remember, he was 18 years old having to play right away at West Virginia, and so I think you're only going to get a better version of him as he emerges, as he gets stronger, and he has better pieces around him. So I think that was a good get there. This is part of a trend here. Florida State's in a good place right now. Okay, you guys know I've been a little worried. And I've been watching very closely. And I, I've always thrown the caveat out early in these discussions while we're waiting in the transfer portal. You know, part of Florida State's problem, if you want to call it a problem, uh, has been the successes early on in the portal and the assumed ability to be able to sustain at that high a level player acquisition, talent acquisition in the portal at that same level. We've always warned that that could be a problem, um, that that is not necessarily uh, a guarantee. It's hard to uh, replicate that year in and year out. Sometimes there are just not enough good players at the position you need, for example, and uh, you're unable to sustain it. So we'll see. But we have also noted that I've thought that they would do very well. They have a good message. Uh, they've done a very good job in in winning kids over and getting them to adapt to culture and teaching them what it's like to come play here at Florida State. Those kids, in turn, have been able to look at the su- successes on the field and now the wins, obviously, and say, okay, look, makes sense to me. Um, it will be fascinating because there are a lot of things in the work. There's a buzz right now, and I just want to I want to start here. Okay, so uh, the Durajai signing is a good signing, but I know, like a lot of you, you say, okay, well that, that's nice. Are we going to get a linebacker? Oddly, there's buzz that we are going to get a linebacker and a familiar one at that. So we'll see. Now that doesn't cause me to ring the bell. I would say really quickly, let me interject. Uh, it has broken across okay. the wire right, well, in the last is. four to five minutes that DJ Lundy has indeed withdrawn his name from the transfer portal. So even though he went to Colorado, committed to Colorado, took a photo shoot in a Colorado uniform, he's withdrawn his name from the transfer portal, signaling that he is indeed coming back to Florida State. Yeah, so that was out there for the last 48 hours. Now, I have mixed emotions about this. Uh, good luck to DJ Lundy. Florida State needs bodies at linebacker. Uh, it would it would maybe make some sense to bring him back. He's not a dynamic player, guys. He's an okay player, but you need you need him because you don't have a lot of experience there and you don't have a ton of talent there. So I think that's a that's good. He'll come back. Okay, he could play a role there. He does one thing very well, and that's stopping the run. Um, so you know that's good. That's fine. Now I would say that you've got more work to do at that position, and it is my hope, obviously that you would be able to go out and and make a make a run at the kid at Alabama who 
obviously put his name in the portal uh, a couple days ago. We'll see if that happens. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in this uh, linebacker coach and his ability to get kids on campus uh, or to recruit, uh, to do really much of anything. Um, so I, I don't have a lot of faith in that. I'll sit back and wait. It is my hope, certainly, uh, that it that will happen. They're going to need more help there. Um, cross your fingers. I think, and I do believe this is going to be true, I think that I'm going to I want to phrase this the right way. I think Florida State is in a good position right now along the offensive line and the potential to add to the offensive line. I think that hopefully by Friday we're going to hear some good news on that front that I trust Alex Atkins here and I trust the collective the battles in and there, there appears to be some, some really positive momentum right now regarding the offensive line. So we'll see. I'm not guaranteeing anything. It's hard to do that these days. But there's a lot of positive energy right now along the offensive line. Um, and that's, that's a big deal because I think they could use the help there. And then I think it's interesting because they're still fighting for a few key pieces on the defensive side of the ball and if you're able to we've already seen it uh with the Jahi, excuse me Jahi, i'll get this right eventually um pick up that that's a plus you've already got and again we'll we tend to forget these things because it's in the rear view uh marvin jones jr who i don't a lot of people just assume he's going to come in and be great. I, I, well, I hope so. I mean, I, there's potential for that. I, I don't want to assume that, but we forget we even got him because it happened before all this went down. But we also have him. So if you're looking at defensive end and your concerns were that, oh, man, I don't know about the number of bodies after Peyton that I feel very good about. Well, no, now, now you've got uh, real momentum there. Probably not done. There's probably another kid or so that they'll bring in at that position. So now all of a sudden you seem to have an excess of of defensive ends that you can rotate and feel good about. They still have to figure out, and we don't know what's going to happen with Briggs. Uh, when we're talking about defensive tackle, there's going to be perhaps, I think, some more news there in addition to the kid from Colorado State that they already brought in, uh, that there may be another player or two before it's all said and done. Uh, that they bring in, and we don't know what's going to happen with Dennis Briggs. He's got to decide whether or not he's coming back and playing football or not, so it'll be curious to see. So wait on that. And then offensive line, there is a real good buzz going on right now that I just talked about. So that's where we're at. And if you can get – we know of the one offensive lineman that's out there that uh, everybody is excited about. We've already talked a little bit about one of the guys, Richie Leonard, who's an offensive lineman from UF. Uh, I think he's a possibility, certainly. And then, you know, the guy I've been, you know, beating the drum for, which is the Ferguson kid out of Alabama. Been beating the drum for him for some time, if you can get him. And it it is my understanding Florida State is still very much in that battle. Um, If you believe the word on the streets, it's, it's a battle between Florida State and Oklahoma. So it's an intense battle for a high-profile player out of Alabama, uh, but but let's see what we got. See what we got. I think I mean I think they got a real chance there. And then we know this is the other part of this is you're just trying to look at the makeup of this team 
And Tom, you and I were doing some things uh, earlier today where we're kind of working with our folks over in Ireland, and it got me thinking about what is the team going to look like that we roll out in Ireland. And uh, you just this is the patience line over and over again where you say, well, I'm not sure, but I know we got a new quarterback that's a good bridge quarterback. I know we went and recruited a bunch of speed at wide receiver to go along with the pieces we already had that we liked. Uh, there were already three receivers that I really liked that were coming back anyhow, maybe four if you want to count Portier. And then you want to now add to that with this speed, and you bring in the kid from Indiana as well who's lightning quick in special teams. And now you've brought in a couple defensive ends that you feel good about. You may upgrade this offensive line. The one glaring piece that is missing right now is linebacker. Um, I'm told that there are some opportunities probably that await and will be pushed back to spring where you may be able to add from the portal yet again in spring. So here we go. Uh, that's This is starting to shape up. I'm not telling you this team's going 13-0 and again, but I am telling you that some of the positions of concern and lack of depth look like they're being filled, and you've got the makings of a pretty damn good football team again. Yeah, they're getting there. They're getting there. Like, if you did nothing else – with the defensive end position. Just call it edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. I know they're very different things in one side of the football and the other for Florida State. But if you did nothing else and you had Patrick Payton and Marvin Jones Jr. on one side, and then you had Duro Jaye and then Byron Turner on the other side, that's not bad. Could it be better? Yes. And might it even get better pretty soon with what Florida State is doing in the portal? Yes. But that's not a bad four-man rotation right. already. If you retain Jackson and you retain Josh Farmer, you added the Grady Kelly kid, you elevate a player like a Lions, KJ Sampson, maybe you bring in another, that's not bad. Defensive back Earl Little helps stabilize things, brings a little bit more veteran presence to the safety or slot corner group, along with Shaheem Brown. You like what you have at corner. Saw Zaria Thomas is switching his number to eight in part of that announcement with the battle's end. Uh, so he's locked in for another year. You feel pretty good there. Beef is the order of the day in the offensive line. And if you land Ferguson, you just got a whole lot beefier on the offensive line. Yeah. You can throw a lot of weight at the problem, which I like. Matches the quarterback you have who has a cannon for an arm. And that means you're trying to bring in some deep threats, which, which Florida State successfully yeah, you see the game plan. Done. What you're getting at is you yeah. see the game plan here, what they're trying to do. Um, and I get it. They're still going to be lacking in some areas. Certainly, there's no replacing Jordan Travis and his leadership and the kind of polished player that you had before the contusion uh, of a Keon Coleman, uh, Johnny Wilson, before his injuries began to mount, also a mismatch for folks. You know, this reminds you of all the injuries they had. Jaheim Bell, before he got hurt, very, very effective for the first half of the season. But you see where the pieces are in place, and you realize that you've got some answers. Uh, I think Florida State's going to be a good football team again next year. I think that's where our mind goes. Like, okay, you're not going to replicate 13-0 and in all likelihood. Fine. What is possible, though? Well, I mean, this, this far in advance, as you pick up these pieces, it changes every day when you add another piece to the puzzle about what's possible and where guys fit and who else you're looking after. So as of right now, or looking for. So as of right now, there are a couple guys out there uh, whose names – have been bandied about, but I'll leave alone. We'll wait and see. There's a potential for a big pickup in spring, I know, along the defensive line, so I'm waiting on that. Not somebody I want to talk about right now just yet, um, but I think it's a possibility. Uh, I didn't mention this at the outset. 
they're still in it. Florida State's still in it, certainly for the Oregon State defensive end. Uh, so now all of a sudden you got another guy that's played a ton. Um, so getting interesting and exciting. And it's as if they have a game plan. Now, if they could just shift that game plan over there to the one-segment group that continues to be a problem. Because I don't view DJ Lundy returning as a huge get for Florida State. It's, uh, you know, I know he was here. He's uh, he's played a lot of football for us. Uh, I think he's he, I think he's uh, average to slightly above average as a player in the ACC. It's which, better to have him than not have him. Yeah, which sadly means it's better. Your roster is better. Uh, your starters are better <laughs> if he's brought on by definition. With that being the case, you know, the dynamics behind the scenes are very interested. Uh, I, I pulled the screenshot. They haven't pulled it off of Colorado's website yet. But the photo of DJ Lundy as a part of the signing class, the way that Florida State did with uh, a couple of transfer players, that they're updating it as they go with the high school kids, combining it with the transfer players and putting a master list out there for everybody to see. Yet Lundy is still on Colorado's website. You know, photo in their gear and, and the listings and the eligibility. He's got two years to play one, all that kind of stuff. What a sign of the times that somebody who played for Florida State in the ACC championship game was not a part of the football program, not an opt-out, just not part of the program for the Orange Bowl is back in the fold. What, what a goofy time it is. And um, let me I'll just say this. I hope that we didn't have to like outbid somebody to bring him back because that would be a sad statement on where we are as a, as a segment group. I, I just hope it was he got out there and he realized they were full of crap as an organization. And he said, you know what? I was better off back in Tallahassee, thought the grass was greener. I got out here. It was cold as hell, and I'm being fed lies. So let me get back to Tallahassee if they'll have me. Hope it went that way. Well, I, I think the part about where I go on the air all the time after we lose a kid or get a kid and remind myself, and I do so on the air because it serves as a reminder to the listeners to do the same, which is take a deep breath. We'll see. You know, I do the joke all the time. It is the Zen master. We'll see uh, situation because you hear about a kid. Listen, think back to Patrick Payton and remember how that went. And I went, well, let's see. I mean, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. And I cautioned everybody the night after he tweeted out that he was going to the portal. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Didn't seem likely to me, but perhaps. But you can take this to a whole new level now. Lundy was on their website of the other program. I know. Like, it doesn't matter. It's it's crazy. Uh, I don't – there are – and this is the other part. Like, what I try to do as a host here to, in order to be able to lend context and also provide accurate information the best I can, one of the things I try to do is figure out, okay, look, I want to know the process. So you can say on social media anything you want, and everybody does. And you can say – I'm going to hit the portal and it's been real and have a good one and peace and respect the process and my decision and whatever dumbass thing you want to say. Everybody can do that. They can do that. You know, they, they can post that out there. But you actually have to go through a process, fill out paperwork, talk to coaches. There are more things you have to do to enter the portal. Then, then you can do all of those things and it still doesn't mean you're gone. It still doesn't mean you're gone. That's where we're at now. Then, you, then I fight to find out, well, what was the status of the relationship between the player and the program at the time that he left. Was this an encouraged move by the program, as in the head coach and or position group 
coach decided that it was in their best interest to enter their name into the portal, or were they embittered? Okay, well, then there's another layer to it. Let's say it was they were embittered. Okay, are they getting erroneous information fed to them by somebody who's acting as a representative who has no idea what they're doing and is just as gullible as the kid and hearing about fame and fortune elsewhere that just simply doesn't exist, which means at that point that they arrive and the rubber meets the road and they need to get paid and they find out that it was all a sham, that it was a lie, that it was a mirage, it never existed, then they want back. Can they get back? Well, I don't know. Again, let's circle back to what I just asked. What was the relationship between the player and the program at the time that they tweeted something dumb or that they stormed into the office and said they wanted out or that they demanded a bunch of money even though they're a marginal player? So then you got to find out all of these different facets of what is happening. And then you got to find out, is it severed? Is there no coming back? Is something that was said a bridge too far. Did they say something to a coach? Did they say something to the head coach? Did they say something, whatever? Did they do something to disrupt the apple cart in the locker room? Are they a poison pill? Okay, now you got to figure out, well, is it even reasonable to suspect that they would bother to bring this guy back? Is it is it something that you would entertain? Also, what caliber of player he is, or he is decides whether or not uh, that you'll consider all of these other factors. If you're just an average-ass player that was a nice depth piece and you go vitriolic, insane rant on the head coach because you think you're being jobbed because you're getting bad information from a rep who doesn't have your best interest in mind but is only surfing for his own payday, well, probably, probably not going to make it back. Probably going to be told, watch out who you hang out with. Good luck to you at uh, Samford. Okay, and then from there... You come on the air and you say, well, this is where we're at. <laughs> this, this is where we're at, guys. I'm not real sure he's going anywhere. We'll see. And then other times you come on and you go, oh, there ain't no coming back. That dude's gone. We wish him well. Hope he succeeds at Southern Miss. You just, you just don't know how it's going to work. Uh, the only positive I can think of in a situation like this, like I, I would be petty if this was a – let's just – contrive a situation and say it was about money and then you want to come back. I think we had somebody go to Colorado, not named DJ Lundy, who might be in this camp, but um, it was about money. You get out to Colorado, you realize, oh, crap. You know what? The battle's end's pretty good at what it does. What say you about letting me back in this program? And I think one of those players was not allowed back in the program last year. But this is where I would be petty if I was a member of the collective. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to pay you 50 bucks. <laughs> 50, 50 cash, cash, cash yeah, money, hundred bucks. Yeah. bucks cash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, this is in that, that is a, uh, that's another conversation where I could do the thing I just did. I could tell you that that's a whole nother conversation that might or may not involve coaches and everything else where you're like, okay, where, where, where are we at with all this? What am I allowed to say and not say? It's Jeff Cameron show. 93.3 real talk radio war chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. By the way, I mentioned him a moment ago when I was talking about offensive line, and we'll see what happens, what else Florida State is able to add. Circling back to a point you made, Tom, uh, which was that uh, we seem to have a clear-cut plan when it's, you know, obviously size on the offensive line. We're getting beefy. got a big-ass quarterback. Got a chance to roll big out there. And then you've got that speed that we've added um, at wide receiver to go along with what you have coming back. If they if they if they do get one of these other linemen, whether it's Ferguson or the, the I'm just naming guys that we know they're interested in that they're fighting for and trying to bring in. And you know, you, you I'm hearing positive things, but we'll wait and see. And I again, I, I'll reiterate, I've got a lot of faith in the collective, and I and I know how hard they work. Um, but that Richie Leonard kid, somebody asked me about it, and uh, you go look at him. I think he was a three-star coming out, but he's a he's a big old dude too. The kid from Florida, who's I think what six three, three fifteen, something like that. Um, so that's a that's a big boy, six two, six three, three ten, three fifteen. That would be uh, once again along the lines of the beef we were talking about. And you mentioned Ferguson. They get him. It's gonna be an interesting offensive line. Well, it just gets fascinating to see how they put the five together. They often talk about it's the best five. Might not be in a position that you expect a certain player to be in when you when you get to those five. Just look at Darius Washington. He could play quite literally anywhere on the offensive line. I go back to some interviews, and, and maybe they weren't telling this transfer target of the whole truth in the visit, but they said both guard positions are open. That, to me, leans towards Darius playing tackle for you. And he was pretty good at tackle. So if that's where he's going to play, okay. You bring in a player like Ferguson, let's say for argument's sake, you get him. Let's say, for argument's sake, you get Leonard as well. Okay, now you've got those two players with Keandre, Maurice at center, um, 
Byers playing tackle, I guess. Could they possibly try him out of guard last year? I'm not afraid to get back at the at the dish, man. I swung and missed. I thought that Byers was going to be a guard last year. They never repped him once that I saw. Not one time, and I, I don't think they think he can play guard, Tom, or they would have repped him there. They would have had a need to. They had injuries there. I, I It's interesting. So what are you bringing him back for? Because if you're bringing back Scott and depth. you think Washington's going to be a tackle and Simmons could elevate and Early could elevate, I mean, for depth at best? Or do you think maybe you could cross-train him? Well, you learned that you had to have more depth, first of all. And then secondly, you trust that Robert Scott's going to play it down for you? I don't. I do not, but they retained. I mean, they went to the point where the collective retained him. So there's got to be some faith on, on the level of, of the organization, at least, the program. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's a good faith gesture for a guy that's played a ton of football for you and that you're going to hope that he can come back. He's awesome in the locker room. He's a really hard worker. When he does play and he's healthy, when he's healthy, it's been over a year since he's been healthy. When he's healthy, he's a very good player. He's just never healthy. So if he can get healthy, he, you want kids like that in your locker room. You want kids like that. He's the, he's the requisite size and strength. He works hard. He's a great presence in the locker room. You don't give up on a kid like that. I doubt they paid him a ton of money. I don't know what the number is. But, um, you know, you would bring a kid like that back, I think, and just hope, like, hell, he can get right because I think he's a good player. That's You know, sometimes you have these sort of sympathy. Listen, if a kid, if you offer a kid a scholarship to come play football for you, that means you've assessed him, you've analyzed him, and you've projected that he's going to do something for your lineup that improves your football team. And you bring him in. And he works his ass off, and he never gives you a problem. He goes to class, he lifts the weights, he's at practice every day, and then he plays a lot of football for you. And at some point, he emerges as a starter for you. And he's a good starter. He's a plus player. He wins awards. He's nominated for awards. He's that kind of player. If you have a guy like that who then gets hurt, you're going to honor the scholarship. You're going to do the right thing. You're going to bring him back if he wants to come back. So I, I, there are some kids that you would just say, yeah, come on, we got you. You've been a great warrior for us. I'm not going to try and turn this into a discussion about, you know, wh where do you draw the line? Because there's a difference between honoring the scholarship and doing the collective thing. But I, I will, because the reason I will not yeah. turn into that discussion is because he played late in the year. He did play in the Orange Bowl. He got in the Robert. game. Yeah, yeah. He got in the game he played. And the other thing is I would go back to fall camp. You know, he was gearing up and it sounded like maybe, kind of, could he? We'll see. When he did get in there those first couple of days, you were there at those practices with me. It looks so much easier. The five, the offensive line. Like when he was available, like, okay, you know what? I thought he might get passed by some of the other options here in fall camp because he's not participating, wasn't there for spring. So maybe he got jumped on the depth chart. No, man, when he muscled up and he lined up and he played in camp and you got to see those reps, it was it was easy. It looked a hell of a lot easier for him. The question is, can he potentially be healthy enough? the entirety of this calendar year. What does that look like? Do you take it easy on him in spring? Like, I wonder how they're going to lay out the plan for him in terms of how much work he gets. I'm very intrigued when this is all settled, signed, delivered, what Florida State looks like. We keep adding on a daily basis. It doesn't look like it's going to end before this Friday. There's going to be more additions to this roster. A few of them are some pretty big names. One of them in particular is a big name. There is the potential to add more in the spring. There's a guy I'm thinking about that if Florida State is able to bring in, uh, changes the way you look on the defensive line, changes the way we project what they are. I, I, I think certainly it, if you're going to rank segment groups in the ACC, it would change where you would rank them, I, I think, greatly. So 
let's just hold our breath here and see that they get all these pieces in place and they don't fail us in the portal. They haven't failed us in the portal in the past. I was getting a little worried here. There may be one segment group that does fail us. We'll address that. But if you have everything else worked out, uh, we shall see what they're able to deliver. I think uh, what's what's fascinating about all of this, too, is you're reminded that we look at the influx of talent. And if let's say I'm going to use this as an example. Let's say just because of what they've already brought in, right? Let's say you bring in the, the, the prize prospect of the offensive line. Let's say you're able to bring in Ferguson from Alabama. Just remember, we were talking about what they can and can't do so far and how you're elevating talent and raising the floor of that talent, and you lose some kids. It's going to happen every year, either to graduation, the NFL, or transfer. All right. And then you start gauging what are you bringing back in, where are they from, and who wanted them. Whether that's out of high school, what was their star status, if you will. What have they done since they've been in college? Where did they go to school? Think about, Tom, you'd be talking about Alabama, Alabama, LSU, West Virginia, which uh, tier below, but not the, you know, obviously not, not terrible. And you're starting to realize not just that you're elevating the floor, but look who is looking at us. Kids that played at LSU, kids that played at Georgia, kids that played at Alabama. Yeah, I was going to add Georgia to that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, and and there are some that maybe you do pursue, some that you don't, but they're all taking a visit. You know, that, that's one of the differences we've we've noted, too, in recruiting. You're not trying to carry water for some of the inability to close on a couple of the high-caliber players the last few cycles for Florida State. But they are steadily rising in the ranks of high school classes and it's because they're securing visits from elite prospects early in their high school career early in their in that period where recruiting is a thing sophomore year junior year they're getting them on junior like they've got a junior day coming up the end of this month already think there's any rest for the weary with this staff or any staff in america i think it's the weekend of the 20th and the 21st is when they host junior day for high school prospects well a few years back if you could host one of those things coming out of covid you wouldn't get a ton of five stars or Correct. four star players. Correct. Kids, we are on the radar. We are squarely on the radar, which is the step you have to take to become elite as a high school recruiting staff, as a destination, as a program. Portal wise, we're we're elite. Everybody wants to take a look at us. High school wise, we're getting closer. The kids are here up for visits now. It's just about closing them more often on signing day and getting into that top five when it comes to consensus recruiting rankings. Struggling to get some linebackers on campus, oddly enough. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. All right, get started on your New Year's resolutions with my friends at Factor. I actually use Factor at the house. I'll tell you about that in a second. You're all ready for the new year. You want to eat healthy, and this is ready-to-eat meal delivery that takes the stress out of meal planning, sets you up for success in the new year. And I can attest to this. I'm not real consistent when it comes to cooking, and we're busy in the household here, so you need something that's nutritious. You need something that doesn't have you running around frantic trying to prepare lunch or dinner. And you want to know that what you're getting is quality. And you get that with Factor. And, you know, you can get anything from a special occasion meal uh, where, you know, you can get seafood or meats that you like, whatever it might be. They have vegetarian as well. You stress less over your meal times knowing that you can fall back to a Factor meal prepared with vegetables, with the meats that you like. Again, they do a great job of making life really easy. 
They're in a busy schedule. They've got offerings like Protein Plus and Keto. Stay on track that way. Factor has everything I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, protein, veggie sides, all that good stuff. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron50. Use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. That's code Cameron50 on factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Yo, microphone check, one, two, what is this? The five foot assassin with the rock. Hey, I haven't mentioned it yet, and I need to here. Another win for Florida State basketball last night, and... You know, this looked like a situation that was going to be in, uh, I guess, uh, dire straits. Uh, But uh, as of right now, Tom, I think we're angling towards a little. I'm just starting to get a good vibe about the ding ding. Just letting you know. Just throwing it out there. Just a little. It's the little things I miss about uh, being in that state already. And one of them is hearing that bell with my own ears. But I'm, I'm happy to hear that on this end of it, the people, because I experience it just as the people do, that is loud and clear. That's also a loud and proud dinging of the bell. Well, I, I you know, it was, uh, it was below the beep beep level uh, a couple of games ago after uh, whatever it was we lost to, like, Bishop or Belmont or some nonsense school, and I was like, "What is th- not even somebody that good?" I, I can't. Who was it? We lost to like a week ago. That was Lipscomb. Lipscomb. That's right. I was like, "What? Where? This is over. We're done here." Lipscomb. But now, 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 I'll beat that bell. Hey, you never know. You could get a rematch with Lipscomb in the first round of the NIT. You never know. Ding, ding. <laughs> hey, listen, the NIT will feel like uh, we've reached Valhalla. The way things have gone over the last number of years. I, I'm like, here it is. We're back in the NIT, baby. Uh, now, they need a lot more in the way of wins in the future to turn this into any kind of a choo-choo. I was going to bed last night, um, and I tweeted out the ding-ding as I watched the end of that game. I don't I don't get mad anymore when they win games however they win games. I don't care if you blow a 13-point lead, not once but twice. I don't care. They're not good enough for me to be bickering about wins, baby. I'm just taking these wins and rolling on Big River. 87-82 in the TLC double C. You know what it tells you, even with your little nine-game win streak, Wake Forest? You don't just roll on in to the TLC double C and expect to walk out of here with a victory. No, you don't. You don't do it. You don't just roll on in here expecting to come out with victory. Trailed mostly the whole game. We know who the better team was last night, Wake Forest. We know who that is. So for now, you can hear it off in the distance. The the, the ding ding is kind of excited. They're kind of like, well, we didn't think we'd be passing by here. Let's go give them a look. I heard they lost weight in Tallahassee. Let's take a good look at them. 
It's not it's not uh, bathing suit season yet, but maybe in March they, they they may be able to break it out. They may be able to break it out. It's especially impressive when you consider that Wake Forest has the fastest growing growing brand in oh, America. It's incredibly overcame it, Tom. Florida State overcomes that. Uh, thankfully, they generate a million turnovers on the way to the win last night. But you know what? I did regret something because no lead is safe with this Florida State. No, team. no, no, they're not great. No. When they get the the steal and the dunk to go up eighty-two to seventy-two, I said this is a good win. And there's two minutes to go. And I go, you idiot. As I'm saying it, and I'm, it's just me and my wife, a couple animals around. Because that's a good win. I go, you idiot. You shouldn't have done that because. We're in a position against Virginia Tech where we're up 10 late, and that's a game. Uh, we blow the 14-point lead against Georgia or North Carolina. I think Georgia was 17. So I shouldn't have done that, but it's okay because we hit our free throws down the stretch. Even Worley hit three out of four down the stretch, which were huge for us. He did, and Jameer Watkins was 11 for 11. He wasn't having it. Watkins was awesome, and I thought actually the biggest play of the night from him was the end one where somehow he spins the ball from the wrong side of the hoop to come around. It's almost like a boomerang and one that breaks a run that Wake Forest was going on when we were kind of coughing away our second half lead. And it felt like we couldn't get a stop and we were just discombobulated on offense. We go through streaks on both ends of the court where they look really good and then they look like they've never played before. And I think that basket helps settle everybody the hell down, which was huge. And then, of course, yeah, if you make all 11 of your free throws, that'll help as well. It's fascinating to watch the team. It is a bit maddening, but I like Jameer Watkins. I think, you know, obviously the inconsistency will drive you nuts, but when he's good, he's very good. He had 19 last night. Baba Miller has had two straight very good games and impactful games and 14 points, four of eight from the field, uh, and a couple of excuse me threes, by the way. Those aren't the most beautiful things coming off of his hand. Um, I know they count, and he was two of three. One of them was a bank job, but all right. Uh, four or five from the free throw line. Uh, but he had, you know, he they're long. Florida State's long. He had the three block shots from Baba last night. And uh, Darren Green Jr. is what he is. Uh, 17 points, three or five from beyond the arc. Five boards, had five steals last night too. Um, you know, Florida State had 11 players uh, who saw action last night, and all of them scored at least a basket. So it, it's kind of interesting. You know, we were so bad, 6-5 and five in the non-conference, but we're now in a three-way tie for second place in the ACC uh, with uh, Wake Forest, who just got some at the TLCCC, and Duke, uh, and then the loser of tonight's North Carolina NC State game in Raleigh will be in that mix of teams that are – uh, tied for second place in the ACC. The Knowles play Saturday on the road against Notre Dame. The Irish are playing better since their coach went on a rant about playing walk-ons if things didn't get better uh, from an effort standpoint. But they're not good. They're 7-9. and nine. They're 2-3 and three in the ACC, and they're relying on a lot of freshmen. So the Knowles could go on the road and get an ACC win, Tom, and then what are we doing? This is uh, not got, quite. I'll tell you what we're doing right there. That's what we're doing when that happens. This is not quite 12 years ago or 13 years ago where you're going to win 52 to 48 or lose 52 to 48. But it does remind me of those days because even in that era, the alpha era of the junkyard dog, there were stretches of four or five minutes where the offense looked great and, and the defense was always going to be consistently great. Uh, but then it would drive you nuts for the better part of the game. This this team has the ability on both ends of the court to take turns where they can't stop the ball. They got a real problem stopping the ball. 
like a lot. It, it driving to the basket, full court, the whole thing, uh, where it looks like they're giant miscommunications. It looks like a team that goes on a 10, 10 to nothing run will go on a 24 to nothing run or some such run that North Carolina went on in Chapel Hill uh, last month, which was absurd. But then there are times where they'll get three turnovers and four possessions, and it's all because they understand the principles. And there are times where eight out of 10 possessions down the court, they look magnificent. So this is a team that if you've got blood pressure issues, if maybe you're coming off of maybe some coronary work, you know, I would maybe not watch them as much because they will they will do the up and the down thing at to the highest, most bipolar level. Florida State basketball right now is battling back to a level of respectability. They're not a great team, but they have some depth, they have length, and there is some talent. So you're in games. you got to sit down and watch a game understanding that they're flawed as all hell. They're going to make all kinds of mistake mistakes. They struggle to stay in front of guards. Uh, they don't hold leads. They're 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 flawed, but they're not terrible. And I think that they're good enough to to you know make, not make you embarrassed to watch a game. But you could go nuts watching them because of what you just described. And it's a fair warning. It's like going into a rated R movie that's violent or something. You gotta you know hey listen, it's not the end of the world, but there's some stuff. There's some stuff. And that's Florida State basketball where you're kind of like all right. Gonna see some really great things here. It's not gonna be sustained. It'll be a lag in the film, and you gotta forgive it because it picks back up. It kind of picks back up. That's that's where we're at. That's that's what we're doing here. That's the kind of film it is. Uh, it feels like if you were to make uh, an analogy to an NFL team, that might be 28th in total defense, but they're top five in turnovers generated. <laughs> there you go. There you go. How many points off the break can you get? How many turnovers can you force? This was also a team, even though we had trouble staying in front of them at times. This was a team we could switch against a little bit easier. There will be some that we've got no chance. But if you're trying to be positive about this, Florida State already has uh, a win in that tournament over Colorado, which was ranked at the time, and Florida State dominated that basketball game for, for big stretches. They did go on the road, and, and while North Carolina went on a 50 to nothing run, it felt like that was also tobacco road-induced and aided when you're talking about the whistle. But they were good enough in a position – to have a, a double-digit lead on North Carolina on the road. And, and that is far and away the ACC's best team this year. So if you're looking for, as I said last week, opportunities for this basketball program to make you smile and legitimately say, all right, guys, that's a really good stinking win today, they're going to do it. They're going to do it at least twice more this season where you say, that is a really good win. There just may be one of those nights where you go play Boston College. I'm not sure if we go up and play them about three hours north of me in that barn and it's you know 61 to 47 and you go well god we forgot how to play uh yeah there'll be the type of team that has that in them they already did it this year where you watched these games in the non-conference where you're like well we they don't know how to play but they also had times where they were injury riddled and they didn't have their full allotment of players out there and they were trying to figure out who plays what role? I think they've got a better understanding of that right now. But yeah, they're just never going to be great. They're, they'll be good enough to maybe hang in there and make it interesting. And let's hope I can keep ringing that bell for a little NIT appearance. I know that's not the be-all, end-all, not where we were coming from, where we had a stretch where Florida State was uh, elite in the ACC, a top-two team in the ACC annually for a stretch there. Uh, we've fallen off, there's no doubt. But we're climbing back, climbing back to a measure of respectability. And that – that's what I want to see for Coach Ham. 
if this thing ends, uh, I want it to be uh, respectable. And it does create the question that, and we'll see what happens as the year goes on. What if they just keep winning? If they keep winning, the question's answered. But if they don't, and let's just say they become this solidified NIT team or a very, very low NCAA team, um, you know, what? what is Florida State's basketball future? We know they're all in on football right now, and they have to be. They have to sustain that. They have to continue to be there. The collective when, – when NIL happened, we, we were overjoyed that we had – a collective like the Battles Inn emerge. It didn't happen right away, but that's the place we've arrived at now, and we know what the Battles Inn does to help football. Uh, we've talked about it at length, and there's direct evidence. You know, we just watched that team, and uh, what Florida State did was in part um, because of what the Battle Inn, uh, Battles Inn was able to provide. Basketball has no such fallback, and it does not have the cachet so you're not going to win these battles for talent acquisition in basketball. Not, not amongst the, the best of the best. You're not bringing in, you know, Patrick Williams, who goes in the first round of the NBA draft. You're not bringing those kinds of players in anymore. And so it's unfortunate, but the, the, the expectation has to be dropped considerably. I know we all want it to be elite because it was for a moment, but it's not going to be. Not not as it's currently constructed, it's not going to be. Not in this conference. If you get it's a funny thing. If you get out of these quote unquote basketball conference that's been careening into the side of a mountain for the last five to seven years, if you get out of it, you will have a resurgence about three years after you get into the new one, where where it's possible again. Because I think personally, just talking to some people who are into the talent acquisition game at Florida State, if you have the conference money coming in. They love basketball, too, but they know that football drives the bus. And football is priority one, two, and three right now. But if you get money from somewhere else, I think some of the people that are invested in Florida State success yeah. would help us land some basketball players. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV.